Howigs. This week, we have an exclusive interview with a former Miss America contestant that rocked our world. And all I have to say is, go away, Louis C.K. Sex dolls have found a new home in Toronto, somewhere between the Orange Julius and Forever 21. I have all the love for Black Klansman and its star. We are crazy in love for crazy rich Asians. And I'm here to tell you that you don't have to care about football to be down with some hard knocks. This is Wigs and Wise. So back to Ocean's 8. <laughs> Frigid Farrah can be used to help people understand how to be intimate with a partner. No. Um, a little tangent off of that. We watched All the Money in the World while I fell asleep halfway through. Now Sorry. he's the poppy, champagne poppy. No, he's not talking about her <laughs> vagina. We'll Merry Christmas, Jeff. And Annabelle. And now we have to find out about the nun? Yeah. No. Yeah. Fuck Go fuck nun. yourself. Yeah, fuck that nun. You guys want to know other stuff we like? She told me I was starving my face. And I think that there are lunatics that are going to bring their sex dolls out to Fridays. Oh, for sure. And be like, she'll have the margarita, but not too many, because then she starts talking back. I'm about to burp. Oh, wait. Is it? Oh, all right. I'm sorry. Uncooked, but not raw. Uncooked, but not raw. Chew on that for a minute, because I don't know how it could be one without the other. Throw me off a balcony. I can't live in this world anymore. And it's not nice, and I don't appreciate it. So, Lindy, no. Clandy? Clandy star? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Gay swans in Austria attacked humans to protect their adopted baby. Stop it. A colorful plastic cup. Do you understand that that story (laughs) took more twists than Ocean's 8 did? (laughs) You're in your hospital bed, just woke up. It's Thursday. You're like, it's a new Wigs and Wigs day. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. This is Wigs and Wigs. Do I use translucent? I guess. Why not? Sure. Transparent? I don't know. Translucent, I feel like, has a glow or sparkle to it. Yeah. As opposed to transparent. Don't give me that yeah. You don't know what translucent means. I'm going to look it up. It. No, you're right. It just doesn't feel like a, like, lum- luminous. Joy is luminous. Okay, fine. But wait. Translucent means allowing light but not detailed images to pass through. Semi-transparent. I like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. We can disagree on this. <laughs> this Guys, is the stupidest you're entering disagreement this midstream. we've ever had. <laughs> but I said joy is translucent. <laughs> Weigh in. What do you think? <laughs> Hi, Wigs. Hi, Wigs. We have missed we you. We have missed you. We've missed each other, too. We've missed each other a lot. We know. We have been gone. This is our longest break. I think it's been four weeks. Has it been four weeks? If not, it's at least been three. Wow. But I think potentially four weeks. I think that, we, yeah, we did our last one on August 2nd. Oh, my God. It's been a month. Listen, summer is tough. We have a lot on our plates. I'm Paul Cross, by the way. I'm Lindsay Harbert <laughs> Silberman, if you didn't. No, now you know. This is Wigs and Weiss. Um, um. And we, we're sorry we were gone for August, but we're back and we have an awesome, awesome episode today. Oh my God, so good. Um, beyond the usual, if you haven't listened before, what we like to do here is we like to pop our corks. Which is where we talk about things that are not the greatest going on. But we help to sort of find the bright side of it if it's there. Yeah. If it's not, we just like to bring you down. We often talk shit about Johnny Depp. <laughs> and so. we will today. Yes! Yeah, we definitely will today. Oh, good. Um, we have a very fun segment. Um, we do a segment in the middle every episode that's usually something like Troll Patrol, which we go after our the trolls. Our quiz in one of us. Our quiz in one of us, or we do a second opinion where we do advice. But today, OMG, we OMG have Hog. a killer, killer interview with someone that we have been courting for quite some time. She is... 
I don't want to like, sp- I'm going to spoil it because you guys want to stay tuned for it. Yes. But her name is Katie Schreckengast and she is last year's Miss Pennsylvania who competed in the Miss America pageant. She's the one that played the saxophone. <laughs> she not only played the saxophone, she played Listen by Beyonce on the saxophone. Oh, so good. And wore a sickening pantsuit that we talked about yes. in the interview to come. But um, Katie to us has just always been someone that we saw that night and, you know, we love our pageants because we like to just, you know, be entertained and mm-hmm. we and we do our little betting and game. And see some strong women just stomping around that stage. But something came through with Katie that we were like, I want to follow that star. Mm-hmm. And I've been literally following that star on Instagram <laughs> for this whole year. And um, going back and forth with her on her fabulous Instagram. And she find, and she uh, we found the time, especially with Miss America coming up um, a week from Sunday. She agreed to an interview. It's an awesome interview, um, and that will be coming up halfway through the episode. And then we end on our flipped wigs, which are the things that we are really excited that about. That bring us translucent joy. <laughs> Shut up. I did it. Um, I did it. I used so, it. So um, do you have any housekeeping? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> Shocking. I mean, it's, it was four weeks ago, so if I do, I definitely forgot about it. My only housekeeping, and I think it falls under housekeeping because it's neither a cork nor a wig, but... Um, you saw the John Mulaney special, Kid Gorgeous, right? I did. So if you guys have not seen it, I've only watched it three times. I've shown like everybody I know. I've only seen so it once, wonderful. but it was so funny. So funny. There's a portion of the show where um, he does a encapsulation of what it was like to work on SNL and how like famous people are not normal. They're actually like, they're just not. And everyone yeah. always asks him, are they normal? And he does this impression of Mick Jagger. Where he like goes to Mick Jagger and like pitches jokes, and Mick Jagger's response. Jagger didn't talk like that. Mick Jagger talked like this. He'd go, Yes! No! Yes! I pitched him a joke and he went, Not funny! Well, turns out. Nick and I were babysitting our twin nephews, mm-hmm. Owen and Curtis, the most adorable They're twin amazing. babies that have ever been. Um, and we, for some reason, it popped in my head to say to them, no funny. They say it nonstop now. Like a British accent. That makes me endlessly happy. about to be two-year-old children are saying not funny. Not funny. And I need to find a way to get it to John Mulaney. So if somebody has a link to John Mulaney. I'm sure we have multiple people we know who know it is. Anyway, that's my housekeeping. Are you ready to pop your cork? Your cork. Not funny. It's not funny. I would love to pop my cork. Why don't you start? I'll start. Um, This is a little... Personal popping. Should I talk about it's my hand? Should I talk about about it? it? Tell us what happened because I don't think I even have gotten the full story. You haven't gotten the full story? No, because I kept at at your birthday. Lindsay had a birthday that we missed. By the way, happy birthday to Lindsay! I'm another year older. She also has a fabulous new wig. Very, which you can see on my gram if you follow me on Instagram. And uh, it was an awesome wig party, the third annual wig party. Wig party. I also bought a new wig that is also. She is. Isn't she lovely? Lovely. Her Every name time Sheila. I sing and I hear it, I hate it. So Your voice? Yes. Oh. It's just so bad. Let's do it. Perfect. No. 
do it. No, okay. I'm not going to do it. Um, but happy birthday. Thank you. And um, yes, that happened. So if you've heard the story, you can fast forward three minutes and you don't have to hear it again. <laughs> um, if you haven't, so uh, I, I am now a proud owner of a Frankenhand because I have a giant now scar on my hand. Because the Saturday before my birthday, I it was the new moon. And like you do during the new moon, you set some intentions. Uh, the house was empty, and I set about setting my intentions for said new moon. I burned some sage. I was feeling myself. It was great. I was really having a great time. I also lit some candles. And after I had written down all my intentions, which included health for myself and my family. Ironic. Ironic. I went, one of the candles had burnt through, burnt down through this glass candle holder that I have, which is actually an antique vase, but I use it as a candle holder. No, you don't. No, (laughs) ma'am. I did it. So (laughs) I went to put in a new candle and it was still warm from the previous. So I tried to push it down to kind of meld into the candle holder because again, it's not actually a candle holder built for candles. So it didn't fit properly. So I was like, I'm just going to mush it down and make it fit. I'm making my hand. I'm rubbing my hand so hard right now <laughs> as I'm hearing this. Every, almost every guy I've told this story is like, uh, my stomach, my balls, my stomach, it just like hurts <laughs> in that general area. So um, I'm pushing it down and then... It shatters underneath my hand, making a sharp point. My hand goes down on it. <laughs> exactly. And in the process, I knock over another candle. Oh, my God. Continue. I haven't even said the word blood yet. So I knock over another candle. I go to pick that up because it's spilling wet. Well, because it's a candle and it knocked over. So I go to pick it up and I see a drop of blood and I just think, oh, who's bleeding? Again, alone in the house. So I realize I've cut my hand, but I can't really tell how badly I've cut it. <laughs> what? It's like catching that. <laughs> Who's bleeding? Who's bleeding? <laughs> you, you dumb Me. <laughs> it's me. I'm the one that's bleeding. So I look at my hand, and I'm supposed to go to Long Beach with my friends, uh, Mary and Rebecca, that day. And my first thought is, oh, shit. Am I not going to be able to go to Long Beach now? <laughs> So I'm like, well, maybe it's not that bad. So I go to the sink and I try to rinse it and that's not working out. So then I realize I need to wrap it up in like a towel. So I go to get a towel and I open the drawer and all of the towels were white. And my stupid head who also couldn't figure out who was bleeding was like, oh, I can't use a white towel. So then I just continue to bleed all over the house looking for a black towel. I eventually find one, wrap my hand up. And this is the only scary moment. I go, I realize, okay, it's pretty bad. I think I need to go to the hospital, which I haven't been to the hospital for an emergency in years since I was like 18. So I go to call Josh and because we all have swipey touchscreen phones. Oh Jesus. Yeah. When that shit gets wet, it doesn't work. Oh God. This is a great moment in a horror movie, by the way. Yes. So I'm bleeding all over my phone and my computer. Luckily it was closed and I can't get to Josh's number. And I'm like, well, shit, am I going to just bleed out and he's going to find me trying to call him? From a hand wound. From a hand wound. But <laughs> sorry, th- there, are, is- <laughs> there are arteries. I know, it's true. I'm sorry. There are arteries. Knowing that you're okay, it's not. Yes. It's funny, but it's not yes. funny. I'm sorry. So I finally call him. He's down at his brother John's who lives very close. 
And I just say, hi, I cut my hand. I need you to come home and take me to the hospital. And he just said, okay. Hung up the phone. He was here within two minutes. Superhero. Superhero. And I'm just standing at the table with my pressing down on my hand, trying to get it to stop bleeding. And he comes in. He's like, let's go. So we go. And he asks me if it hurts. And I honestly never felt pain because the body's a magical beast. Your body's like, don't pay attention. Look over there. Look over there. Everything's fine. Yeah. And once we get to the emergency room, which there was a woman with a parrot there. Um, <laughs> amazing. Was the parrot the one that was hurt? I don't know. I can't imagine. But no. why would you bring your parrot? That parrot's going to tell what happened. Mm-hmm. She fell down the stairs, <laughs> parrot. <laughs> so uh, once we get to the emergency room, I just think, well, maybe I'm overreacting. Um, you know, it could have been just a nick that bled really badly. And so I started getting self-conscious about that. And the nurse who was lovely, everybody was lovely. What hospital was it? UCLA. Holla, UCLA. Holla. Um, she says, can I take the the towel off? You don't have to look. And I said, sure. Um, and she takes it off and covers it very quickly and just goes, yep, that's going to need to be repaired. <laughs> So at that moment, I realized, good, I I should be here. I did the right thing. Paul is having a hard time. It's just when it hits at that moment, it's hard. I have to I have to hit that cough, <laughs> or it's gonna sit in my throat. Okay, and so I'm just gonna keep listening. Okay, um, and then I'm you know I was there for like four hours, got 13 stitches. Um, oh, this is just totally me bragging for being a badass who also fucking annihilated her own hand. <laughs> um, the doctor who, um, Dr. Louise, he was amazing. He said, okay, so here's the thing. We're going to numb your hand, but the problem is the numbing hurts really badly. And I said, oh, good. So, you know, he he had to sh- put shots in multiple places because it was it's such a big wound. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Almost done. Almost done. So as he's giving me the shots, I'm breathing and saying my mantra because I live in Los Angeles. Were you looking at it? No, yeah. I wasn't looking at that because yeah. um, I still have a hard time with needles. Yeah. And it was a long one. Um, and afterwards, he was just like, you know, 300-pound guys go down with this stuff. And 300-pound guys are big babies. Big old babies. Yeah. Big old heavy babies. And then as he's giving me the stitches, he said, let me know if you feel anything. And as he got towards close to my pinky, I said, I can feel that. And he said, okay, well, we can either... He was like, I must have missed just a little spot. We can either give you more numbing, mm-hmm. give you more shots, or you can see if you can power through. Oh, my God. Guess what this bitch did? She took a leather strap. She, she bit down on it. She powered through. Oh, boy. It really wasn't that bad, but... How many stitches did you like feel like that? Three. We are... <laughs> so that's how I got my Franken hand. I got the stitches out last Friday. Uh, it doesn't look good. It looks, it looks so. It just brought it to lunch. <laughs> we had lunch last week, and I was like, "Oh, get that off the table." She's like, "It's my hand. What do you want me to do?" It's, it's like, my dominant well, hand. It's lunch, so put her somewhere else because <laughs> I can't look at her right now. It is Frankie. It's fantastic. very Frankie. It's fun. let's be frank. I don't want to put. Um, Josh's dad on blast, but it's very funny. I he didn't know it happened until I like had gotten the stitches out. And you posted it on Instagram constantly. I did it a lot, and <laughs> people's chagrin. Um, <laughs> but I sent it to Ben, and I said, "Isn't she beautiful?" And he just said, "It'll heal." And then he texted Josh and said, "I think Lindsay needs plastic surgery." <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was the funniest thing. Can I see it now, actually? Yeah, it's, it's looking better. Oh, yeah, that is looking better. Yeah. 
So anyway, that's my story. It was like covered in Vaseline at lunch too, which I was like, <laughs> that's oh, good. what they told me to do. Now it's like actually gl- glistening. Now it's translucent. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a beacon of joy. Oh boy! Yeah, so that's Ooh. the most exciting thing that's happened to me in a while. That is a cork and a half. It sure is. Um, well, I am going to get started with a little saga going on with one Mr. Elon Musk. Mm. Do you know about her? Going? I've seen the headlines. I haven't read them. Well, let me tell you some Please. things. So Elon Musk, as you all know, is the founder of Tesla and going to save us from ourselves. Maybe once you hear this, you. <laughs> As I He's am. also apparently a big Republican donor. Is he? That's what I've read. Well, I thought he was cool, and I'm really excited about that Hyperloop, even though I'm sure someone's going to, like, definitely disappear into it in the first trial run. Yeah. Um, but he got into an argument with... Um, uh, I forget his first name. I've written here something. Somebody Unsworth, and um, it started in July during that cave rescue. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm so, I feel bad that I don't know Unsworth's first name, but um, Unsworth is. We'll a- just call him Mr. Unsworth out of respect for what he did. Mr. Unsworth was the first foreign rescuer at the scene and played a crucial role in saving the twelve boys and their football coach. Um, he had years of experience in that cave system. And he had expert knowledge that was vital to the rescue. He gave an interview um, shortly after the rescue where he threw some shade at Elon Musk, who had offered to build a child-sized mini submarine (laughs) to help save the boys. But, like, I mean, this is where it all begins. And I do want to go back. And he has said, like, I can make a submarine that's going to save these kids. But, like, just in terms of time, do you think you have the time to build a child-sized submarine? Teeny tiny submarine? Because this guy's like, I'm halfway through. I'm not coming back out so you can build a submarine. For a teeny tiny submarine. So his response to that was to tell the billionaire to stick his submarine where it hurts. Yes. (laughs) He said that all this was a PR stunt that had absolutely no chance of working. Well, Elon decided to go onto Twitter and tell him some things about himself. And he said, um, his final tweet along this whole thing of being like, yes, it will work, was, you know what? Don't bother showing the video. I guess he had made a video that, like, this thing will work. We will make one of the mini sub pod going all the way to Cave 5. No problemo. Sorry, pedo guy. You really did ask for it. What? Called him pedo guy. What? Yeah. Elon Musk called him a pedophile because he saved kids from a cave. So obviously the remarks were like, hey, Elon, not great, including Tesla's board of directors. So Elon did his cursory apology. And um, Unsworth's like, well, I'm going to sue in the meantime because that's, um, what's the word? Slander. Sure. Thank you. Libel. Libel. That's the one I was looking for. Thank you. Um, He would take legal action against Musk if he thinks that what he wants to do. But he's like, this ain't finished. And so Elon came up with an apology saying, my words were spoken in anger after Mr. Unsworth said several untruths about my mini submarine and suggested I engage in a sexual act with the mini sub, which had been built as an act of kindness and according to specifications from the dive team leader. Nonetheless, his actions against me do not justify my actions against him. And for that, I apologize. And the companies I represent as a leader, the fault is mine and mine alone. I am truly sorry if I offended everyone. By the way, I wouldn't say necessarily shoving a submarine up your ass is a sexual act. It's just putting something up your butt. Okay. <laughs> I don't know I what really, I'm trying to We don't to need say. to justify him because look what, look what happened next. Because you think, okay, he apologized. Oh, no. Well, no. This Tuesday, Elon um, went back and forth with someone who references himself as at Yoda. He got at Yoda. His name is Drew... <clears throat> Elena, uh, Olenoff. 
I don't remember the first. I don't have the first tweet as to how this all got engaged. But Elon says, "You don't think it's strange that he hasn't sued me? He being Elon Unsworth, he was offered free legal services, and you call yourself at Yoda." And Drew comes back and is like, I think a lot of things are strange, Elon. What I think is especially strange here is that you're wondering why he hasn't sued you, while the rest of us are wondering why you did something so egregious that he could sue you for it in the first place. Elon responds, did you investigate it all? I'm guessing answer is no. Why? And Drew says, well, yes, Elon. The world should police your lack of filter and everything that comes after. That's extremely convenient. And hey, sue you, he might. Or anyone else that you've whack-a-mole without thinking twice about. Elon responds again. Answer the question, Yoda. You what? brought it up, not me. Did you investigate it or not? If so, what did you actually do? Now, this is Elon saying, did you investigate my claims that I called him a pedophile? This is what's being said here. What? Drew says, my name is Drew. My point is valid and stands. And Elon ends by saying, so you actually did nothing and yet imply you are a truth seeker. The Twitter name you chose is Yoda. Elon. Let the Yoda thing go. Right. That is something that we don't need to talk about anymore. But you are persisting that Yoda should be investigating the cave diver into whether or not he is a pedophile because you just called him that? What? It's bonkers. And it makes me feel not so great about what Elon's, like, priorities are on a day-to-day basis. So he's insinuating that the guy is not suing him because he is, in fact, a pedophile. Correct. What the fuck is going on in that? He might actually just be like, I don't really give a fuck. You, you're you the idiot here. Yeah. I have a career. I don't need to see it. I mean, I, anyway, if I could sue a billionaire, I would. Sure. But maybe Mr. Unsworth has more important things to do with his time, like save kids from caves Yeah. and Ugh. not be on Twitter. It's so weird. It's so strange. Oh, I think what's me. happening is Elon and Grimes are on the, ro- the rocks oh and God, now he's lashing out. Um, so this is the slippery slope that we'll be following, I think, now that I know a little more about Elon. She crazy. She, she will cry. She cry. She cry. Okay, your turn. Uh, Speaking of cry, Louis C.K. I knew it. Oh, man. Yeah. This is, so for those of you who aren't following the Louis C.K. drama, um, you know, he went underground after he admittedly, uh, sexually, assaulted five women. Five women came out and said that he had taken his dick out in front of them and jerked off in front of them and made them very uncomfortable. In situations where they were either employed in the vicinity of him or by him. In in situations where it was not just, hey, I got this sort of fetish. Would you be down for it? Because we just had a date. It's very much, hey, I work on the same set as you. Can I pull my dick out? I'm going to pull my dick out and jerk off. Um, so he, during his non-apology apology said that he spent a lot of time talking and he's going to take a long time to listen. So that time length was nine months and whether he listened or not, we'll never know. Um, he decided to stop into the comedy cellar, which was his old stomping grounds and do an impromptu 15 minute set, um, two days ago on, I think Tuesday, Mm -hmm. um, there have been mixed reviews. Many people on Twitter are like, there hasn't been enough time. Like, why does he deserve redemption now? What makes him think is now is the time to come back? He also didn't address anything. It was all just very much old Louis C.K. shtick. But the thing that infuriates me the most is that Michael Che and Michael Ian Black both separately came out to say, well, he spent his, he's done his time, so now he, we have to figure out a way that these men can have a road to redemption. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm sorry, what? Mm-hmm. 
what so Michael Ian Black specifically I said saw Michael's, yeah. part of part of the the Me Too movement needs to also be how we can rehabilitate these men that are being accused. What? No, it's not my job to say, oh, well, you have hurt the careers and emotions and X, Y, and Z of several men or women. And now we also have to figure out how you can once again stay on top. Right. Doesn't make any sense. Right. Makes no logical sense. No, I agree. Um, And then Michael Che came out and did a whole Instagram story um, saying, you know, he deserves to make a living. And his argument is that Louis C.K. may have done things to be redeemed. We just don't know about it. Well, that, now, the, why, is that on us to have to go and now do mm-hmm. that research? Are we mm-hmm. supposed to then, in, like, do more of the work for Louis? Right. Okay. So we we should assume that he extended all of branches to his victims and everything should be okay and everything should be able to go back to normal because we don't know. Right. Well, we should know if he wants forgiveness and he wants to have a redemption tour, which it seems like he's gearing up for, we should know the steps that he's made to listen and the steps that he's made to rehabilitate himself and the steps that he's made to, you know, make the world a better place instead of just being like, it's been nine months. I can come back now. Right. Yeah. He's talented enough. Yeah. By the way, there are plenty of super talented people who have not assaulted people. Right. That deserve to have the spotlight. How about some of the super talented people who were the ones that were assaulted by him and were blacklisted from sets that he worked on because they spoke out Mm -hmm. or even were reluctant to speak out and were forced to speak out and then found that there were jobs that they were no longer like, where's their redemption? Mm -hmm. Where's their moment for having done nothing? Right. Like I, so I have felt in the past, you know, I feel like we've had conversations where I'm like, there is that scale of what has happened and there's the Kevin Spacey's right. and there are the Aziz's right. and the Louis and whatever. And I do think that unto itself is also problematic because like assault is assault. Mm-hmm. And if you are the person who is on the other side of that, I can't speak for what's going to be good for you. You lived through it. So I'm not going, and I already like, was reading all over this and I was thinking about talking about it today and I was like, I'm going to abstain from that conversation mm-hmm. from now on because it's not my conversation to really totally. have. I can still have opinions on it, but truthfully, I think I want more time to just even assess how I feel mm-hmm. because I now like reading more of the victim stories. I'm like, I don't think I don't feel anything for Louie right now. I just, unfortunately, and this is where like Matt Damon stepped in in the past too. Like we're, I'm not coming from a place of like <sighs> trying to make it easier for him, but I do think like, is there a possibility or an opening for Louis to come back and have a chance other than like, like Kevin Spacey to me is a no. Right. But is there an, op- I, w- I was asking that question in the past, is there an opportunity for Louis? Mm-hmm. I'm not even asking that question anymore, to be honest. I'm kind of done with it. Honestly. And especially, I think it's because he came out the gate and didn't say a single yes. fucking word about it. And I'm sorry, for me at least, if this is going to be a apology tour or whatever it is, you got to come out the gate and you got to at least say, I know what you all are thinking and I will get to it. But tonight I'm just doing some new material, something to that extent. And even then I'm still not like here for it, but I do think it has to be addressed. Otherwise stay back, stay put. And really you still have some thinking to do. And the argument is, well, he's basically served his punishment. He's been served his punishment. But what is the punishment? He's had nine months of not working as a millionaire? Right. Like, I don't understand the the logic behind it. Vulture also just this morning um, published an article uh, where they interviewed two women that were at the comedy or the, yeah, the comedy cellar that night. And they said that 
the thing that it also made me nauseous is that he got a standing ovation before he even performed. And the women, so brave. right? So brave to come so back. So brave and <laughs> to be coddled once again. Um, they said that the women in the audience largely sat there stone-faced, but didn't say anything because it didn't feel like a safe place because there, there were we so go. many dudes that were right. saying, great to have you back. Right. And it's like, so what have we learned? Yeah. Oh, that women should be made to be quiet again and just, just sit and watch a man who harassed women in the past Lindsay, and have no say in it. They had bigger he had a bigger career than they did. So he deserves it. So that's what it. matters. He deserves it. He deserves to be able to drop in at yeah. the, you know, at any moment. He clearly and, worked harder. Mm-hmm. So I mean, why do they get to why did they get to have an opinion? Yeah, fuck fuck Louie. Yeah. I'm not ready. I don't think I'm gonna be ready. You know, I don't need Lu- Louis C.K. in my life ever again. If he wants to do a tour and have the people that are gonna support him buy tickets, fine, whatever. You can do whatever the fuck you want. Richard Spencer is out there doing, yeah. you know, speaking <laughs> arrangements. And it's a free country. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. He can make a living. I'm just not here for it. But I'm not here for yeah. it. And I don't think that the people that paid money to be at the Comedy Cellar that night needed to be there for it if they didn't want to. Right. You know? Which is pretty gross. I wonder what I would have... Like, I definitely think in my head, like, I would have walked out, but I wouldn't have. I would have sat there and watched the whole thing. I don't think... I, I definitely yeah. would not give me a standing ovation, but I think out of that curiosity that I have had, I would want to know. At the, what is this? At, by the end of yeah. this, is it a, I'm humbled to be standing on this stage and I have a lot of work to do. Have a good night. Anything. 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 I, it doesn't of, sound like He did like a joke about a fucking rape whistle in his set. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. boy. Definitely, he's definitely learned some things. He's, did, he's done some listening, right? No. Listen very carefully. I quit this bitch. Speaking of, let's do a little depth dive real quick. Come do the depth dive. Johnny Depp sucks. It's a real quick one. So Johnny Depp um, has had a good run with his trials, despite our uh, disdain for him. Um, He was in court this week. Uh, dealing with the settlement and figuring out, like, who's getting what. And a big uh, decision was made by Los Angeles Superior Court Judge Terry Green, who has granted a motion to declare the invalid oral deal that he had with Jacob Bloom, who was his former counsel. So what this is essentially saying is that, like, Jacob and Johnny got started at a time where where y'all could have some martinis, shake a hand, and be like, we're in business together. The judge is like... I don't see it on paper, so we're going to have to go back, and I could, like, look at this whole partnership right now and be like, Jacob, you're not getting any of this, which is going to be not only bad for Johnny, but but Hollywood experts are like, don't think that uh, longtime managers in town right now are, like, calling up all their clients and being like, can we take a meeting and get your signature on this piece of paper? Because I guess shit. a lot of these ar- arrangements happen when people are just getting started. Yeah, I and haven't signed anything for any of my reps. So when you think about that, it's problematic. Um, and uh, he finished by saying, I don't think there is... There is. Maybe he said it this way. There's no sick. I don't think there is special rules for show business. Um... I'm aware that showbiz people sometimes think they live in a special universe, but they <laughs> don't. What's funny is that he's signing with Johnny Depp. Like, I know. The showbiz people showbiz that you're, you're with right now, it's probably because he like wants to take a selfie with Johnny, and he's just like, this I, is my way in. You're different, Johnny boy. Um, who knows where it'll go from here, but for now, score one for Johnny. Um, that's my little quickie on Johnny and seeing where he goes next, but like he cracked open a nice $30,000 bottle of wine. For, that for sure. That he, he cracked open three. Yeah. Um, I have two more. 
I have? have two more. Great. Well, you go right ahead. So <laughs> Paul sent me a link to um, a review of Insatiable a couple weeks ago. and This is a Netflix series. It's a Netflix series about a high schooler who was made fun of for being fat and uh, got punched in the face by a homeless person, then had to wire her jaw shut lost 60 pounds and then came back to school and was like the hottie and she's out for revenge. I think. (laughs) (laughs) Josh and I uh, sat down and watched it out of morbid curiosity. By the way, it's been just reviewed so horrendously. Everybody's just like, what? But there are some people who watch it and loved it. Of course. Which, you know, and... I feel bad for the showrunner slash creator. She's a Dexter writer, and she talks about how she's always had, you know, kind of a a problem with food and body image and all that stuff. And I want her to succeed. (laughs) Just not on this show. (laughs) But I I watched half the pilot because I admittedly fell asleep halfway through, like I do. As you do. So this is a review for only half of the pilot. Um, but in that time I was able to ask the question, wait, what's happening at least four times. (laughs) There is so much going on there. There is a voiceover from at least three characters in the pilot alone. Um, one from the main girl, Alyssa Milano, crazily, she's like a side character. And then this pageant coach and maybe the mom too. There's so much happening. I don't understand. It's maybe gets better. Check it out if you want doesn't to. Doesn't seem like it does. But I don't. I don't. I don't know. I think it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> That's one star from yeah. Lindsay yeah. Harper. Uh, it was. It was tough. It was a rough watch. All right. Yeah. Um. I have two really fun ones to end on. So. I don't want to talk about Alex Jones. Oh, but please do. Did you hear about what she got into some trouble? No, I knew she got banned from a bunch of Well, places. she Yeah, so it, Alex Jones is the host of InfoWars, if you don't know, which is this god-awful oh, conspiracy theory. He's a, like, walking, screaming thumb of fury. <laughs> um, thumb of fury. He believes that Sandy Hook was a conspiracy. Uh, he's a terrible, That's all you need to know. Terrible human. Um, he's been banned from YouTube, Spotify, and Facebook, who have deemed his show hate speech. So why are we talking about Alex Jones? Well, here's what happened with Alex. Um, he recorded a video um, a little while back calling drag queens um, uh, they, that they would be going to hell because they're Satanists and pedophiles. Oh, God. Quote, soon the icy cold of hell will embrace you forever. Wait, hell's hot, Alex. <laughs> That's true. Good job. <laughs> the icy cold of hell will embrace you forever. Soon you will pass through and on never to return to this dimension, never to ascend, but down, 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 (laughs) into that black hole you're going, chained. Me thinks Alex doth want to don a dress. Well, funny you should say that, Lindsay, because... He was doing a promotion of his health and wellness products, which, stop for a moment. Snake oil. If y'all have seen Alex Jones and you're buying health and wellness products from that thumb. Oh, my God. That's the problem. Uh, But stepping aside from that, he does these little videos. And he had his phone out where he was showing something on his phone that was like, 
bloopity bloop, like this is how the health thing works or whatever. He swings the phone around, and when he does, it scrolls back to that screen where it opens all six of your browser mm-hmm. windows. Now, one of those browser windows ah, was open on something that said, Naughty Tea Babe, Marissa Minx. For y'all who don't know who Marissa Minx is, she's an Australian transgender adult film actress. Um, and so we now know that he had a browser window open on Marissa Minx, so I'm sure you're Googling right now. Yes. Uh, Marissa is a gorgeous, fun-seeming uh, transgender adult film actress and escort. Um, she responded and said, I think it's fantastic he is watching my scenes. Um, I think that he's, I think it's great that he's watching my work. I had heard of InfoWars before. Hi, Alex Jones. Oh my God. <laughs> Happy to give you a free membership to my site, or maybe you could have me on your show for a discussion. This is something she told the spectator. Love. Um, so it just made me think about like, when we talk about the whole us versus them, mm-hmm. right? Is there anything you've ever said on this show that you wouldn't own up to? Uh, I, I don't know. Probably. Really? No. I don't, I mean, there's nothing. I don't think so. That if someone were to call me on it, I'd be like, okay, let's talk about it. Yeah. No, so I, I'm, I'm, yeah. I, I, that is where I think, I think there's a dis, a disagreement between the us and them is that there's a lot that like happens behind the scenes in a lot of these conservative voices where mm-hmm. they get busted for something and then they never can address it. You know, like it's right. never talked about. I'll use an example. I have said some things about Johnny Depp. Surprise! If it were somehow determined at some point that I had a Johnny Depp fan site on Facebook. Oh, my God. And someone were to call me on it, I would have to answer to that. And I would be True. ready to. I would be like, you know what? I have done some things. I Maybe my self-loathing is part of it. I don't know. I, I guess I do love Johnny Depp. <laughs> it seems as though Alex is not going to respond to this. And I guess, like, when you think about it, who are the real snowflakes here? Like, Oh, sure, 100%. Sure. We might cry. We might get upset and we I might bemoan what's cry. happening, what's what, what's happening in this country. But could Alex Jones actually sit face to face with Marissa Minx and have a conversation no. about like the fact that he's probably into her? I don't think you like stumble on a Marissa Minx page no. online unless you're looking for Marissa Minx. I certainly would have never heard of her. And everyone has a right to privacy. Like, if something like that were to happen or something were to pop in my, my phone, I'd be like, gulp, like, oh, like, you saw something you shouldn't have, although I'm trying to wonder what that would even be. But Everybody my privacy, knows whatever. Everybody tarot card things all day, every Yeah, day. but the problem here is that you have said some shit about these very people mm-hmm. that you are visiting. So you have to be accountable for that now, unfortunately. Well, I, I think... You know, the things that we dislike, like racism and Johnny Depp. Um, a lot of, I, I wouldn't say that that's based in self-loathing. I think that's based in, we don't like mean people yeah. or people being pretty much mean people. Yeah, that's all. Um, oftentimes these people that, you know, hate homosexuals or anybody that's transgendered or black people, there's something inside of them that, that wishes they could embrace it so mm-hmm. they feel like they can't so then they hate it right which we find time and time and time and time again right you know republican people who are against abortion then tell their mistresses to get an abortion exactly so it is what it is and it's not going to go away but i'm very happy to hear that in a great you know string of events we found out that alex jones is probably into watching transgendered porn yeah and he has to deal with those ramifications now he won't but he we know it and i'll even say the brighter side of this is that because of alex jones marissa minx is going to get a much bigger audience 
She has 30,000 Twitter followers. That's probably going to go up. For sure. And if you happen to be on the voting committee of the Australian Adult Awards, Marissa is up for Best Trans Escort and Best Trans Porn Star. Good for her. And I mean no shade there. Get your money, girl. No. We are fans just because you have... you. I like when like the response is like, oh, not like... Alex, like, well, 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 bit. Mm-hmm. Like, she was like, I'm, thank you for being a fan. Want to yeah. talk? Can I come on your show? Mm-hmm. Like, open, ready to be a vocal person about who she is and what her story is. Absolutely. Marissa, if you ever want to come on our show, we would love to talk to you. We would love you. to talk to you. Um, your turn. Uh, so my final, I just want to talk about Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner. Oh, God. I have Tragic. avoided this, so tell me things. So Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner have been split up for three years. Their divorce, divorce, <laughs> their divorce is not final um, because she wanted to make sure he was maintaining his sobriety before she would, you know, agree on custody rights, which is a very reasonable thing to do. Yep. Um, they seem to be mostly supportive and amicable divorce, that kind of thing. Well, this past weekend, it appears that Ben Affleck and his girlfriend, his post-divorce girlfriend, Lindsay Shookus, who's an SNL producer, it appears they broke up and he fell off the wagon and started hanging out with a Playboy bunny, Shauna Sexton, um, and was caught getting... An obscenely large delivery of booze to his house. And she's a gin drinker. I saw that. Oh, really? She came out and she was like, it was for me. I'm a gin drinker. Oh. Like, well, there was more than gin in that box. Uh, yeah, it was a full box of booze. Yeah. And when he's getting this delivery, he looks rough. Yeah. Rough stuff. And, you know, it's heartbreaking to see somebody who struggles with addiction you know, kind of fall back down to the depths of wherever you go when you fall off the wagon. And it goes to show how strong those demons are. Yeah, exactly. Because he knows he's going through, not a custody battle, but his, the custody of his children are on the line. And I have no doubt he loves his children, I'm and sure. I th- and I think he probably, way, not even probably, deep down in there, he still loves Jennifer too. For, yeah, Deeply. I'm sure. Yeah. So, um, Ms. Ms. Garner, after all of this kind of transpired in the media, a couple days later, she's seen picking him up at his house to take him to rehab, stops at, at Jack in the Box, gets him some food, and drops him off. That's true love. That is, I mean, it's nice to see people who still care about, you know, the father of their children yeah. and someone that he, she wants him to be an active member in their children's life. And I think that's really respectful because it could go a lot of different ways. Yeah. And she's just... Carting him, trying to get him back in a healthy mindset, and he's going. And I don't think that type of powerful love that they definitely had at some point ever goes away. Oh, for sure. And I think Jennifer, we don't know Jennifer at all, but what I can gleam from having seen her in interviews and just sort of her general spirit seems to be someone who honors whatever they were Mm -hmm. first and not what they are at in like that particular day, date, hour, like feeling a certain way about things goes back and says like, I, this man is the father of my child, as you said, but also we have a story that I have to honor here and I need to do my best to take care of the man he is today. Right. And uh, it's got to be really, really, really fucking hard for her outside of it just being like, imagine experiencing this, but experiencing it in the public eye, too. Yeah. She's an incredibly strong woman. And we are. It was like the day before she got her star on the Walk of Fame. Oh. And then two days later, she's picking him up to take him to rehab. So. That is brutal. Well. We hope he gets well. Yeah. And, you know, it is what it is. It is. Sad story. Sad story. 
Well, let me bring it back to something a little yeah. more fun to end on. We're back in the sex doll business. <gasps> Girl, you're not ready for this. Oh. A Toronto mall. Let's start there. A Toronto mall is opening a brothel filled with six sex dolls no. to open <laughs> on September 8th. Um, oh, so, God. Yeah. <laughs> it's the first brothel of its kind where you can go in and strip a sex doll. Um, they have six to begin with. I think they're starting with like a slow, a small roster. And it's in the mall? It's in the mall. It's <laughs> <laughs> so gross. Um, I want to walk through the roster of women first. <laughs> It's in the mall. <laughs> and just tell you, you can go to the website and they have, oh, um, no. they have descriptions of each of their clients um, or their, um, not clients, their, their, uh, their roster. Um, there's Anna, whose ethnicity is listed as Japanese. And I'm going to stop you right there. She's not Japanese. She's a sex She's doll. She's a sex doll. She's not even a sex robot. She's a sex doll. Um, and not that a sex robot would be Japanese either, but like, she's not Japanese. And... Um, it says that Anna loves She's to have fun alone. and is very social. Okay. But also enjoys deep, sensual conversations and doesn't mind listening to you all night long. She doesn't mm. mind. She'll listen to you. This non inanimate sex doll will listen to you all night long. In the mall. It also says Anna is a creature <laughs> of habit. Because she's is, a sex doll. And is selective with whom she sees. I appreciate the grammar, but she is not selective because she is a sex doll. Um, she says that if you have spent time with Anna, you already know that she loves to be booked in advance and doesn't like it when you see other Aura dolls without her. Wait. So Anna's already, like, she does not like to be called last minute, and she is very much, like, collaborative with the other yeah, dolls. Yeah, if you're going to see another one, I would like to be present. Exactly. So that's Anna. We jump over to Erica with a K, whose ethnicity is French-Canadian. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> and it starts with... Erica loves to have fun and is very social. So all of them have the same fucking write-ups. They don't, oh even, they don't even take the time to give them, like, different personalities. They just have different ethnicities. Oh um, so let's just jump through the rest. Harper is Irish-Canadian. Jasmine is Colombian. Scarlett is American. And Yuki is Korean. Um, just weird onto itself that we've given them all ethnicities but not personalities. Um, and it's weird that we would, I'm like, I'm like befuddled too that they would have personalities. They're sex dolls. Um, but anyway, they're built. <laughs> Lindsay's eyes are glossed over. Um, they make a promise though. This is the, I think the burning question that everyone has, especially the people that are going to be going there. Um, our dolls are thoroughly sanitized to meet our high expectations. Girl, it's not about your expectations. It's about my expectations. Yeah. How about a, your high uh, expectations? Oh, God. We take our clients' health and safety extremely serious, and each sanitation staff has been trained excessively through our industry-developed routine to there's ensure a, the maximum well-being of our clients. There's a sanitation staff. There, there has to people, be. If there, there isn't. There are people that are going in and cleaning out those sex dolls. Well, uh, girl, that's my first question. Like, if oh there are... Are not. I'm not going. Go, I'm not about to like. I know, I know, but it just knowing that that is a thing that. Well, wait for the last. No. The use of condoms is still highly recommended. So you gotta go oh, use God. a condom with a sex doll, and it starts at like forty dollars for a half hour. No, they don't need a half hour. Are you kidding me? You can go up to two. And if you want more than two, it says listed in the comments. We'll take care of you. If you have to spend two hours at a mall with a sex doll. You should be on a list. 
Oh my god. Well, you know, some some of these people might just want to lay with because there are people that have relationships with their sex dolls and they love them. But that's their own sex doll. That's true. You're like sharing a sex doll with somebody else, which is just Har- <sighs> and Harper, who's the girl next door, she's the Irish Canadian. She's already sold out for opening day. Um Entry and exiting doors are separate to ensure the maximum privacy to you and other customers. Well, that's nice. And there's free parking for customers <laughs> in the side lot. So if you're in Canada, I really in hope Toronto, that there's a plaque in Canadians the parking are lot. Freaky, I think. I think every every nationality is freaky. It's just some are a little bit some have sex dolls in the mall and others don't. It might be coming here soon. I w- I'm I'm shocked Canada's doing it before we are. Yeah, but we're still a little bit we still have our corsets buttoned up yeah. in public a little bit. Vegas. Yeah. Vegas, Vegas will have a sure. sex doll brothel. Yeah. And it will be so gross. gross. It'll smell like cigarettes and stale beer. So that's my last core. Wow. that is, My hand story made you nauseous. I know. That whole story made my entire body hurt. It was a nausea sandwich. Um, wow. So... Uh, as you guys, I said at the beginning, we normally jump into a segment here, mm-hmm. like something that we'll do together. Unfortunately, Lindsay could not be present for the interview, um, so it's just me. But um, hope so you enjoy. <laughs> hope you enjoy this interview um, with Katie Schreckengast, who again is Miss Pennsylvania from last year's Miss America pageant. She is lovely. You will love it. Here we go. Hey, Wigs. We are so, so, so excited today because um, we have an incredibly special guest with us today. Um, we have Katie Schreckengast. Did I pronounce it right? Yes, that's perfect. Awesome. Um, Katie, and you know we've talked about Katie before on the podcast, um, Katie is Miss Pennsylvania um, from last year, which was Miss America 2018, correct? I always mix up, like, what year you called it. It's I Miss know, America. years are pretty confusing. Yeah. It is, isn't it? Well, it so is. Cool. It was 2018, right? Uh, this was in 2017, yeah. Okay, so it was 2017, but see, okay, yeah. so whatever. It all yeah. makes sense. Um, but uh, the thing that we fell in love with, so Katie, let me just start here and tell you this. Okay, I'll tell you a little about myself <laughs> before I even ask about you, because that's how it rolls. Um, okay. So every year for the past, like, 10 years or so, I have organized a party around Miss America, because I used to watch it as a kid with my mom and, like, got obsessed with it and just, like, who all the women were and what their stories were. And I came up with this idea where I was like, well, what if we had a party where before the show begins, uh, we have like 10 people over and everybody picks like five people that they think are going to go all the way. And then we put like $5 down because you got to have a little skin in this. And we all like watch (laughs) the show and we see like who picks the winner. And so every year we do this and we started doing it for Miss USA, but between you and me, like Miss USA is no Miss America. Um, everyone actually always asks, they're like, is Miss, is Miss USA the one with talent? And I'm like, no, Miss America's talent. Like, that's what you're waiting for. That's what we're hoping for. But, um, yeah, so, yeah. um, we, so then it's like evolved. The game has changed throughout the years. More people have been interested in it. It's become this big thing. And I have to tell you it. that last year, so <laughs> I was, I had people, my husband and I recently, we cut the cord. We don't like have TV, like regular TV anymore. So we stream everything. Yeah. So I had yeah. everybody over to stream it, and the minute it's supposed to start streaming, the feed goes black. Like, oh. they're not – you can't stream Miss America live for some reason. Oh, my gosh. And I was – and I had all these backups to do it, and I was so stressed. And I was like, oh, my God, like, what are we going to do? So we all – one of my friends who was watching was like, we can go to my house. So we all, like, rush over to her house, and we watch it. <laughs> and I'm, like, a flustered mess. I'm so embarrassed because, like, everybody's like, we want to watch, we want to watch. And we get over there. 
And it's right when you are like pretty much, not right when, but like your performance. So for everyone oh that didn't get a chance to see, Katie made it to the talent um, round and performed Listen by Beyonce on saxophone. And when I tell you, the room went silent. We were all just like stunned, oh jaws on the ground, so excited and like blown away by your performance. Me especially because I am like a Beyonce mega, mega fan. Right. Same. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Great. I would hope so. Um, and I just remember watching it being like, what else is there? Like, I've never seen talent like this on Miss America, truly. And it was so, like, your your whole look was on point. Like, it was so yeah. awesome. Um, so that's how, like, I got to fall in love. Like, not to say, I don't know too weird to say, I like, fell in love with you, but I did because I was just like, Aww. there's something about her that seems so real and so charming. And we thought you were going all the way. And we're Aww. so disappointed to not see. I don't know how you didn't make it to the next round. It's like insane, <laughs> obviously, at this point. Um, but yeah, I mean, that performance to me, just to say one more thing about it, like, I feel like you hit intonations and runs that even Beyonce would be surprised by in that. Like, oh my you, gosh. There were so many, like, little moments of that that I was listening to. I was like, oh, she heard this song. Like, Katie, you heard that song. You know that, right? Oh, oh for sure. I study <laughs> Beyonce. I, I love that. If I could major in Beyonce, I would. <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> but unfortunately, Penn State doesn't offer that. <laughs> Which is so uncalled for. I mean, how will we not have a major in Beyonce yet at this point right? in our lives? Well, I will definitely get back to Beyonce because I have some questions about that. But first okay. and foremost, <laughs> since now you know my intro, which is clearly so important in this story, um, what, is, <laughs> what was your first exposure to beauty pageants? Ooh, my very first exposure. Okay, so I actually started competing in the teen program when I was 13. Um, and so my hairdresser, who had been doing my hair since I was adopted, um, he had been a volunteer for Miss America for over 40 years at the time, I believe. And he said, hey, there's this new teen program. You have to try it. At the time, I was like a field hockey goalie. He never wore a lick of makeup. Um, <laughs> and I was like, okay, I guess. But I loved everything girly and dresses and sparkles. Um, so my parents kind of reluctantly agreed to let me try it because uh, toddlers and heroes was really huge at the time. Right, and I can see why they would might want to not right, keep falling exactly. in that category. <laughs> <laughs> but they're like, you know what? You do you. If you love it, we'll continue to support you. If you don't, you know, there's other things out there for you. So That's I tried awesome. my first pageant, didn't win a single thing, um, but loved it. Went back and won my second local. And been history ever since. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. And yeah. um, you touched on there, and I was going to bring up later, but it's a perfect opportunity that you are adopted. Um, yeah. And I know that that is a big part of your platform. Um, would you mind telling us a little bit about your adoption story and why you are so vocal about it? Sure, absolutely. So I was adopted from South Korea when I was six months old. Uh, and my little brother was also adopted from South Korea three years after I was adopted. And my parents have always just been so open about talking about adoption and letting us know that if we ever were interested in meeting our birth parents, that they would support us. And it's always just a topic that came up so naturally in conversation. Um, there was never any secrets or hiding anything from us. And so growing up in that kind of loving and understanding environment, um, you know, you never really feel the need to talk about it because everything is just going kind of normally, you know. Um, so it wasn't until I came to Penn State and went from a high school graduating class of 200 students to, you know, 40,000 other people up here that I started to be asked some kind of rude questions about adoption. Uh, I would like, imagine, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, is your brother your real brother, or how does it feel when your real parents abandon you? Um, those yeah. kinds of things. Just yeah. to 
these people, you know, I hadn't grown up with them. They didn't know my mom was my mom or my dad was my dad. So uh, when I started to realize that there was this lack of education and this ignorance surrounding adoption, that's when I decided to be vocal. And I started to write blog posts um, and had people reach out to me that I had never met before. And I was like, this really could be something. Because uh, I had taken three years off from pageants to be a college student, to know who Katie Schreckengast was without a title. Um, and I knew that I was only going to come back and compete when I was extremely passionate about a platform. And I, I just had this feeling. I just kind of knew that this was the time for me to come back and compete. Oh, that's awesome. And it's such an important yeah. platform, especially right now, because I do think there is a lot of ignorance around. Yeah. I think there are people that would never even know that the questions you just said are rude. And Absolutely. we're coming into a cultural moment. Lindsay and I talk all the time about how, like, you know, people don't know if you're part of a, a of a group of any sort, a group that there is stuff to learn about. People don't know that there are questions that you shouldn't really ask, at least in the way that you think is okay. Absolutely. You really should take the time. Is there something like, and I know it's probably hard to summarize in a sentence or two, but like, is there anything that you would say coming from your perspective that's like, when you are about to ask a person who has been adopted mm. a question, think this, or just put yourself yeah. in these shoes? Is there something you would say to that? Definitely. You know, I think the rhetoric surrounding adoption is so important. Um, I think the first thing that I would say is that the definition of family is not solely defined by a dictionary. Um, and I ask people to keep that in mind. Uh, my mom is my real mom, you know, and, and real has nothing to do with it because family is what you make of it. Um, so I just ask people to keep that in the back of their minds, that family is whatever that person's definition of family is. It doesn't have to be your specific definition of family. That's beautiful. And really, I think there's so many people out there, especially more and more as the years go by, struggling with um, fertility and trying yeah. to form a family of their own. And I think, and that's not something I can speak to. I'm not a, yeah. a woman who knows what it's like to try to carry and can't. But I do know that, like, what you just said, coming from a female perspective, is like, it's so beautiful that they can understand in some way that the family you build is the family that you have. And yeah. I think that's so important. Yeah. So. Keep going on that course, and um, and I'm really appreciative of that. Um, so can you talk us a little through the experience of last year? Um, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm sure you could go I'm on. I'm honestly, like, yeah. yeah. I'm feeling so many emotions today. Are um, you? It was exactly one day, one year ago today that I yeah. left America. One year ago. Wow. Um, I, I, like, I have chills just saying it. Um, it was... This can sound so cliche. It was the most incredible experience of my entire life. Oh, that's um, awesome. It was everything I imagined it would be and 50 times that. Um, wow. And to experience it with my class specifically, because we are so extremely close. We message each other every single day. I just had two of my sisters text me this morning. Um, cause I'm actually sick right now. And they're like, I hope you're But yeah, Thank yeah, you for so, still doing this. Oh, sick. my gosh. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Um, I mean, I don't even know where to start because it was just the opportunity of a lifetime. Well, let me ask, so like, I mean, obviously the week leading up to everything, there's just so yeah. many events, I'm sure, that are so, like, such a whirlwind. Um, oh, yeah. But as you are, I think one of my burning questions is, like, when you have all your looks for the pageant, are those yeah. all looks that you have to procure yourself? Do you have any sort of guidelines that you have to follow to, in, in, in organizing those? Great question. Okay, so um, after Escape, I talked to my director, and we both agreed. Talent costumes, keep it the same. I loved it. 
Um, definitely yes, it was perfect, that. by the way. It was perfect. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> All about the jumpsuit. Yep, I loved it so much. Uh, and then we have a sponsor that every single year creates Miss Pennsylvania's gown, whatever her vision is. Um, and so I went to New York and was able to do that and create my ramp gown and um, went to Regalia for my other ramp gown. So those are the big things that we spent a lot of time focusing on. But everything else, I had a specific sponsor um, called Showroom 56 in Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania. And Sally Van Scoy helped me put together every single other look. Um, so I went to her place, and she just had everything pulled. She would have, like, tops, bottoms, shoes, jewelry, dresses. Wow. Um, she helped me pick out, like, pretty much every single other outfit. So she was, like, an outstanding sponsor, um, forever grateful for her. Uh, she really has an eye for fashion and helped me put together a lot of my looks. I think one of the two of the only outfits that I did completely myself were opening number dress and uh, my interview dress. So those were two things that I went up and got myself. But um, everything else was sponsored by Sally or, um, you know, it's something that Miss Pennsylvania does every single year. Okay. That's good. That's yeah. very clear. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, of course. So let's get to, I mean, at this point, like all emotions running day of and yes. step out on oh, stage okay. for the first time for your walk. What yeah. does that feel like? Like, how do you, I, I don't understand how, I, I, we always watch, like, so meticulously, of course, and, like, yeah. how this many people are able to maintain their poise and yeah. smile. Or do you have any tricks that you've learned over the year that's, like, this is what you do when you step Please. out and you see the lights for the first time? Because <laughs> I think it's probably good in terms of, like, when anyone's walking into an interview or something important, yeah. you want to have the, the way, you want to stand the way that a Miss America contestant Absolutely. does when she is first seen. So do you have any tricks about, like, having that confidence and having that just ability to stand up and know that you're ready? I do, like, the goofiest thing because um, I'm a mega nerd, and I stand backstage, and I do something called power poses. Power so poses? My, oh, my God. Yes. I put my hands on my hips, and I'll put my shoulders back and my chin up, and I'll smile like a cheese ball. And then I'll put my arms up in the air, and I'll do, like, jazz hands. <laughs> this is incredible. And I kind of wanted, like, a visual so demonstration good. of this on your Instagram I, at some point. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, like, just making myself feel like a goofball um, and just, you know, standing tall and smiling like crazy, that helps me feel a lot more confident. <laughs> well, it also must, like, give you a little bit of an out-of-body experience, too. Like, when Absolutely. you're just, like, your limbs are shaking and you're just like, am I yep. really here right now? Because I think that's such exactly. a big trick, too, when I, like, at least yeah. I'm trying to focus on getting my, like, remember, it's just this moment. You're making it yeah. bigger in your head. Get out of your head and just be exactly. yourself. And Let's you'll be it, fine. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Absolutely. Um, so let's talk a little bit now about um, Miss America 2.0, as I'm sure you've heard it being yeah. called. Um, yeah. I, I have the little description that they've written, um, which is that the Miss America competition has a 97-year history of looking ahead. Starting this year, candidates will no longer be judged on outward appearance. The choice of wardrobe is now open so everyone can express their own very individual style, but more importantly, their voices will be heard. Um, I think most people identify this as the elimination of the swimsuit challenge. Can we talk mm -hmm. first mm -hmm. about that and how do you feel about that? Absolutely. So uh, to be completely honest with you, um, when I first started competing, just like a quick little timeline of my competition, January 2017 won my first local, June 2017 ended up winning Miss Pennsylvania in my first go round. Um, so Miss America was the third time I ever competed in swimsuit on stage. Wow. Yeah. So That's um, intense. It is intense. Yeah. It was a very, very fast year. Like I went from 
winning a local and being a college student that nobody used to competing in Miss America nine months later. Um, Wow. So it was quite the even more impressive than that you pulled up when you did. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to just keep doing this the whole time. I hope you're fine with that. But man, I'm so impressed. Okay, sorry, go on. Uh, but <laughs> I had been a competitive swimmer my entire life. So I was used to fast skins and goggles and a swim cap. But getting on stage in a bikini and heels is a completely different story. Yeah. Um, and I remember, like, crying after my first local because oh I was just so uncomfortable in my swimsuit. Um yeah. And I just remember being like, I can't do it. I just, oh, I hate swimsuits. And then I got to Miss Pennsylvania. And I had a new swimsuit. It was a one-piece. Same one I wore at Miss America. And I got out of my head and I was like, why are you so upset about this? Why are you upset about your body? You should be so proud of your body. It carries you across a an entire football field on game days and allows you to play your saxophone and march in front of 107,000 people carries you across campus and takes you to all of your classes and, you know, helps you prepare meals and run around and do errands. Like, why are you ashamed of that? And so I, I did this, like, introspective thinking about why I'm ashamed of my body when I'm in this women's empowerment organization and going out there and practically being naked on stage is a way to force you to be the rawest and realest version of yourself. And so I got out on that stage at Miss Pennsylvania and I was like, you know what? through how I felt before, I'm going to go out there and be Beyonce. And uh, so I walked yes. out. I was so confident. I was like, oh, my gosh, I actually really like this now because um, I have this mindset shift. Um, and afterwards, I was like, okay, you know what? I actually really like this. It got to Miss America, and it became one of my favorite phases of competition. And it helped that my sisters were so supportive. We all had completely different body types. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Miss Oklahoma, D1 athlete runner, strongest woman I know, and then Miss Iowa, whose platform is lifting and being an incredibly strong woman and just seeing them own their bodies and and leave nothing out there, you know, it was just, it was amazing um, and so empowering to me. So That's it went awesome. from being, you know, one of my most feared phases of competition to the one thing that gave me the greatest source of empowerment and confidence. That's so great. That really is yeah. such a perfect answer. And you know, I think there's obviously ways to look at it. There's ways to look at everything like that in life and think, well, yeah. what about the male gaze and what about that? But you've made it very clear that this is the way you want to put it out there. This is your story. Absolutely. And I think by taking ownership of that, that's part of what this movement that's happening that's so important right now in this country is, yeah. is, is owning, well, this is your narrative. It's not mine. And I'm not going Absolutely. to adhere to that. And I'm going to move forward doing it the way that I want to and showing you why it's important to me. So I think that's really inspiring yeah. and fantastic. Um, so, um, as you've probably seen and heard, um, yes. Tara Mund, last year's uh, former Miss America, has come out um, with mm-hmm. a five-page letter addressing yes. what she uh, claims uh, has been uh, something that's happened in her year as Miss America with mm-hmm. bullying and intimidation from the organization, including Gretchen Carlson. Um, yes. Former Miss America Suzette Charles has backed these claims, and other former Miss Americas are also backing her. Um, yeah. Just a few days ago, I also heard that Ashley Bird, who is a board member, has stepped down. I don't know if you heard this, but he was saying, he said, like so many volunteers, I'm seeing an organization that is imploding from within on all levels. Yeah. Many have lost sight of an organization that I care deeply about, one, is deep, one that is deeply divided. Um, yeah. First off, I mean, this is, seems like a lot of um, stress that I didn't know about. Were you aware of any of this as you were going through the program or did it, or just this sort of news to you? 
was I aware of Kara's treatment or was uh, I just, aware uh, that there was, I guess, so much um, strife within the organization? You know, it's the timing of it was kind of strange in terms of my year. Um, I think Gretchen made this 2.0 announcement maybe with like a month left in my year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just the timing of all has been very odd because it seems to have increasingly got worse and worse as I have had more and more time away from having the title. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been hard for me to keep up with, first of all, because it, it truly breaks my heart. It's heartbreaking um, because right now the, the focus, no matter what, have been in the headlines lately, uh, all the focus is not on the girls who are competing right now, who have put their lives on hold, who have this experience that, I mean, frankly, half of them did not sign up for um, because these these changes were announced in the middle of, I think it was like 10 state competitions. Um, And so that's what's most heartbreaking to me is that these girls are not getting the experience that they've dreamed about since they were four, five, six years old. Um, And that's that's what hurts me the most. So I personally was not aware of all of the things that were going on at the national level. I did know that there was some conflict um, Mm -hmm. from things that my sisters would say and some things that I would hear through the grapevine, Um, but I did not know the extent, and the extent is extremely heartbreaking. Yeah. Are you still in touch with Kara? Yes and no. Um, I mean, her duties right now are extremely, extremely... uh, time-consuming, mm-hmm. so we still communicate through our group me um, and through messaging, but we know that she has an extremely important job to fulfill, and especially with everything going on right now, um, I send her words of encouragement when I can, but at this point, you know, we have to support her and love her through the end, and I'll be at Miss America this year to support her. That's wonderful. That's great, and it's interesting because I, I was wondering if at any point Kara will be like, if, if anyone's going to step in and say, you know what, you're not crowning this year, and it doesn't seem like that's happening. She's already been part of a lot of the events, it seems yeah. like, which is the right thing to do. I Absolutely. hope that she's able to see through her entire reign. Um, and, uh, you know, it's interesting. I've seen very little of the Miss America's response to this, but I've seen a lot of Kara, and I think what she's doing is very brave. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think it's it's come also part of this national movement right now where people are speaking out in ways that we haven't before. And I give her yeah. incredible credit for doing it. And, uh, yeah, it must be very hard to do this, especially because it's one thing to come out after your reign, but to do it while you're in the middle of it is just so mm-hmm. – so I, it must have been tough for her. Um, so I guess my last question in this regards is, like, do you feel like that at this point Miss America should continue as planned next weekend, business as usual, or – and if, if so, like, are you, do you think that there's ways that they should reassess the, the situation and make changes for Miss America 3.0? For the sake of the girls heading to Atlantic City right now to compete, I sure hope that there's going to be a competition for them. Um, in a perfect world, though, it would be the way that it was held last year because I know that's what a lot of them signed up for. Yeah. And that's what a lot of them have dreamed of doing is walking down that boardwalk hall runway in their swimsuit or their evening gown. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that part makes me sad, but I also know that there will be a lot of media attention on this organization right now because of all the turmoil. And so I hope that they can utilize it to their advantage uh, to get the words out about their platforms and about, you know, uh, the things that they want people to hear about. So okay. in a way, I hope that they can leverage it in, in their favor. Yeah. 
All right, so my last pageant question is um, this year's Miss Penn I saw is Kayla Rapaski. Yes! And I assume you have met Kayla, so oh my gosh, give yes. me the inside track here and everyone listening. Should I be drafting her in my pool? Is she going to be, uh, is she going all the way? She is the definition of a boss babe. Yeah? Oh, she I love it. Has, oh my gosh, she's incredible. Um, throughout my entire year, just the sweetest human being, uh, she invited me to an event that she had. I believe in October, and it was the most put-together, organized event. Um, ended up raising thousands of dollars for her Think First America campaign, which is an anti-bullying campaign that she started. Um, it's a nonprofit that she started. She created it herself. Um, it's nationally recognized, uh, and she continues to do incredible work for CMN. She's been to every single Children's Miracle Network hospital in our state. I think that's five. Um, in the short time that she's been in Pennsylvania, she is a go-getter. You tell her to do something, and she will do that and 50 times more. Um, she is compassionate. She's amazing. She's stunning. Um, and I just cannot wait to cheer her on. She is I love that. the epitome of this America. I'm so excited. Fantastic. Well, I'm going to be on now. Everyone that's listening that, that, that does this is going to be, like, grabbing for her, too. But I'm going to try and get her first. Um, so what is next? For you, Katie, what what tell Ooh. us a little bit about what's going on for you and currently, and what you like the next year. Like, what do you want to do? Yeah. What's your What's your story? Well, I actually had class this morning, so I'm at Penn State right now. Okay, I'm finishing out my senior year. I'm a broadcast journalism major, so uh, right now I'm taking a reporting class, which I'm really excited about. And I'm also in the Penn State Blue Band, so I march in all their football games. Uh, for a pregame and halftime show, and I'm the public relations officer for them, so I run all of their social media. Wow. Um, so I've been doing that as well. And busy. Yeah, keeping busy for sure. Um, yeah. And then trying to do some speaking engagements here and there. Uh, continue to talk about adoption. So. That's great. And yeah. in terms, and you heard me mention broadcast journalism. Do you have? Yes. Like a, is there? A, I know you mentioned Good Morning America in the past. Yeah. Do you have your eyes set on a on a seat up there with the rest of the crew? I would love that. I love You'd be so good at it. That. Oh, thank you so much. Larry Spencer was a Penn Stater, so I'm like, hey, girl. <laughs> I love her so much. Do you ever watch the right? market clip? Yes, all the time. Isn't that so good? It's like my dream to go on that at some point. Honestly, so... oh, my gosh. I would kill to see you on there. That would be yes. amazing. It was, it's such a great show. Um, <laughs> so you were, unfortunately, as we said, you did not make it to the question round of the of Miss America last year. So I am going to put you on the spot here. Ooh. And I'm going to give you five completely inane, fun questions. <laughs> but I would love for you to answer that okay. in the way that you would uh, Miss America contestant. Oh, yeah. um, I'm not I your really... friend anymore, Katie. I'm now serving out one of my greatest goals in life. <laughs> Pretend that I'm a judge and I want you to take this very seriously, okay? As long as you're Jordan Sparks. Okay, yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll be Jordan Sparks. I love <laughs> okay, you. All right. All right. Question number one is this. <clears throat> Dogs or cats and why? Dogs, because I am deathly allergic to cats. <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. I'll take it. I'll take it. You have one? Do you have a dog? No, I don't, because my no. brother's allergic to all animals with fur. Oh. So I have a guinea pig in Chewbacca. <laughs> she doesn't. I think do they're adorable. I feel like guinea pigs are having a moment. Like I feel like they I've are, seen them. Though. Like yeah, they are. Mine's they seem pretty like they're, so they're totally. What's your guinea pig's name? Did you say? Chewbacca. Chewbacca, you did say. Chewbacca. Yeah. Does he like? How old is your guinea pig? I have to know. Um, 
four years old, I think. It was a sympathy guinea pig because my gerbils had died and my parents didn't want to tell me, so they got me a guinea pig. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Were they not concerned that you'd be like, well, where are my gerbils? They're just like, no, it's fine. Just take us. Yeah, so it's actually kind of like a really creepy weird story. Um, Oh, I love it. Give it to me. I'll I'll make it super fast. (laughs) Okay. But um, finals week my freshman year, I told my best friend, I think my gerbils have died and my parents aren't telling me because it's finals week. I just have this weird feeling. So then, (laughs) I know, I'm so weird. Then finals week is over. My parents pick me up and they take me out to dinner. It's a really nice place. And they look at me and they're like, Katie, there's something to tell you. And I burst out in tears. I don't know why I was so emotionally attached to these gerbils, but I was. Well, they're and animals, they're like, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, right. And so they're like, "Don't worry, don't worry, we got you a guinea pig." And I'm like, "Uh," but yeah. So that's <laughs> the story of the sympathy guinea pig. <laughs> well, and now he has he has a lot of love, I'm sure, in his life. And you, oh, and for sure. Does he, has he ever made it on the Instagram? I might need to see him too at some point. No, okay, I'll mm-hmm. post today. Okay. Oh, I can't today. I'm not at home, but I'll okay. get my mom to send a picture. All right, perfect. <laughs> um, okay, so question number two, and before I ask question number two, are you currently single? If you don't mind me asking. I am not. Okay, you're not. Then I'm going to skip question number two because I don't oh, want no. to be. Oh no! It was, it was okay. Let me ask. If you say okay. you don't want to ask, it, we'll skip to the next question. But <laughs> if current state Johnny Depp asked you out on a date, what would you say? I feel like it would be a different story if it was Ryan Gosling. Fair. But Johnny Depp's just not my type. Ah, that's all we want to know. So Lindsay and I have, like, a deep-seated, like, dislike for Johnny for Johnny Depp because we just don't think he's what everyone else thinks he is. And I think he's yeah, been, he's like... Yeah, he's me out a little bit. He's so skeevy. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Yeah. You're doing great. You're doing great. All right. Okay. Question, <laughs> question number three. What book should be required reading for everyone in their lifetime? Oh, my gosh, this is going to make me sound so weird. No, take it. Please, you can't sound weird on this podcast, just so you know. We're the weirdest people ever. Okay, good. I love it. I Weird is like me to a okay. Um First thing that came to my mind, this is me unedited, was a Martha Stewart cookbook. Because yes, yes. food is life. <laughs> That's a perfect. And more people need to know how to provide for themselves. <laughs> I love that. I have a friend who told me, like, recently – I mean, I have a hundred cookbooks and I use them for the recipes, but he was like, do you ever read like yeah. the introductions of cookbooks? And it's so funny because I haven't really. And I started yeah. and I was like, they're all beautifully written, like slices of life of where the people were when they created these recipes. And I think that's a great answer. So the, would you remember which Martha Stewart book it was? No, I do not. Okay. Pretty much anyone, but hopefully it's like a Martha Stewart, like Snoop Dogg cookbook. <laughs> that shows. Because they are my favorite pair. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, so question number four. Now, this is the tough one. Oh, um, my goodness. All right. If you are going to interpret another Beyonce song on sax, oh. what would it be? And I'm going to give you a little judge hint here. Don't say single ladies. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, Halo, because I think that that uh, song is just ethereal. It is the chords, just the runs that she does. Just like the, I, I'm not even going to try to sing right now because <laughs> I'm super sick. But, like, the end where she's just, like, floating all around, just coming out in a white gown with, like, cape sleeves and a gold saxophone. Yes, Could you yes. imagine? No, I can't. And oh. imagining you doing it, I'm like. And it has I to be done at some point. Like, you have to do it. All of my vibrato would just be sob vibrato because I'd be crying the entire time. <laughs> yeah. Do you have Halo. an opportunity coming up that you are like, 
do, like when you're how do you opportunities present themselves to like perform sacks in public like is there a way mm. that this can be manifested because if it does I'm buying a ticket and I'm coming you know what I think I hope people have me like come back and MC locals this year so maybe they'll have me perform oh and uh, without Halo well I am going to put that into the universe and if it does yeah. happen I hope you will Instagram or email me 100% and I, I will FaceTime you I'll make sure <laughs> that's amazing um, have you by the side note on Beyonce have you seen Lemonade have I seen Lemonade okay I know well, well some people I mean a lot of Beyonce fans are like well they're like the single ladies that's why I say single ladies because single ladies for me is iconic but it's like yeah. that's a certain type of Beyonce fan and then there's the fan that knows Lemonade so Yes. Um, do you remember where you were the first time you saw Lemonade and what moment of Lemonade, what moment of Lemonade was like your like, oh my God moment? Because everyone has a, like a Lemonade moment. Mm, where was I? <clears throat> I truly cannot remember. I have a That's feeling okay. I was sitting in my dorm, um, just like with my jaw on the ground. Yeah. <clears throat> I, oh. I, mean, I think the yellow iconic. gown is so iconic. Oh my God, yes, the yellow gown. And as the frills are flying up and she's just breaking this Western idea of <laughs> femininity as she's smashing in, you know, everything in sight, like that to me was so powerful. And yes, I'm a female, yes, I'm going to yes. own it. Like, yes, yes, I can be angry. I can be everything. Like, oh, incredible. I felt a lot of feelings. Oh, there was there was so many, and then rolling right into "Don't Hurt Yourself" with the ring yes. at the camera, which yes. that has to not that you asked, but that was my moment mm-hmm. where I remember my friend saying, "Did she just break up with Jay Z?" And we were all like, "I don't know," but I'm still like, <laughs> I mean, I don't care. I just need to see what else is coming next. This is un- yes. it, it's incredible. Um, all right, so question number five. Your final question okay. is this: Okay, when you think of your happy place, Katie, where mm-hmm. are you? Who are you with? And most importantly, what are you eating? I love it. Okay. <laughs> so my happy place is marching out of the tunnel on game day um, because I'm a tunnel lead, so I'm one of the very first people out of the tunnel um, on game day. Yes, you and are. Just looking out and, <laughs> and seeing all of the fans um, there for one sole reason, um, for Penn State football and for the, for the Blue Bands. Um, so I'm with my entire Blue Band family. And fun fact, this is like a little known fact about the band, but when we're marching pregame, we all have a game day cookie in our merches, which are like the bags that we wear um, with our uniforms. And by the end of pregame, we're all sweating and hot, and our cookie is warmed up, so we get oh. a mushy, gooey, <laughs> yummy cookie after that's pregame. Amazing. That's so <laughs> that's cool. heated up with our own body. <laughs> that's awesome. That's what I mean. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, that is a perfect answer and a perfect, I mean, thank, I cannot thank you enough. We, you know, we have a really small but loyal fan base that I think is going to just love and be so grateful for this time that you took with us. And for me personally, you know, all joking aside, like truly last year, you made such an impact on that show and really just stood out to me as someone who I was like, I just want to keep an eye on her because I think she's going places. And I really can't wait to see you do next. I, I, I feel like you, your Good Morning America dreams are totally realistic, and I hope oh that God. you get to just hit the ground running as soon as you've graduated and keep us um, – can you let us know all your social media so we can all be following this journey? Yes, of course. So I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Hey Katie May, and Hey has three Y, so H-E-Y-Y-Y. 
Katie May. Awesome. Katie, again, thank you so much. Have an awesome rest of your day, and um, we hope to see you and talk to you more soon. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thanks, Katie. That was amazing. Wasn't that incredible? So, I love her. Don't you? I mean, it, there is no one like her. No. <laughs> like, I just felt truly that, like, talking to her, I was talking to a friend. Mm-hmm. And I have certain, t- probably, misconceptions about the, the beauty pageants and the queens who participate. Absolutely. They are all multidimensional women. They all, d- like... I think the pageant thing is sometimes seen as like a, you know, it's a pageant, it's a display of Mm -hmm. something, but it is at the end of the day, 50 some odd women who all have platforms, who all have something to say. And that is evidence of that. I don't think all of them are as interesting as Katie. I'm going to be a little biased. Katie is a a beacon. She's flawless. She's translucent. So thank you again, Katie, for doing that. I don't think (laughs) describing someone as translucent (laughs) is necessary. I'm owning translucent. I think, I think you're looking for luminous. (laughs) Transluminous. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Thank you, Katie, again for taking Thank out the time. You, we really appreciate it. I wish and I could have been there, but it was enjoy amazing. the Miss America pageant. Um, as she, uh, she said, she'll be there this week, and hopefully, all the controversy will not get in the way of these women getting yes. to shine like a diamond um, shine on bright. that stage. Um, would you like to flip your bar? Let's flip our bar. Okay, let's flip our bar. Can I go first? Yeah. Because I have to say something right out the gate. Oh, she's got some words. Crazy, rich, Asians, girls. It's so good. Have you seen Crazy Rich Asians yet? Because if you haven't, what are you listening? And stop. Go. Stop. Go. And go to the movie theater. Um, I know you saw it as well. I don't think I have felt such joy since Mamma Mia 2, which is very recent, but even more so than Mamma Mia 2. This is a movie for everyone that I cannot recommend enough. It is what romantic comedies used to be, Mm -hmm. and it's better than what they used to be. Yeah, it's fun, it's colorful, it's alive. It's, oh my God, Um, without spoiling too much, the wedding. (sighs) Chills. Chills. Tears. Chills and Seriously. tears, and and I, I cried three times. I'm not going to say when, but I cried three I times. I did too. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is just pure pop joy. The performances: Constance Wu, Henry Golding, Michelle Yeoh, and Aqua Motherfucking Fina. I'm sorry. Can we go back though? Because <laughs> Henry Gold. Oh, Henry Golding is just the hottest thing I've ever seen. Can he be people's most sexiest man of the year? Most sexiest. Most sexiest. <laughs> He is Thinking so, about him makes grammar go out the window. It does. But I'm mean, like, you can't argue it. No. There's no arguing it. Smolder. Oh, and just the accent oh, in case God. you needed something else. Whew. And the charm. Mm-hmm. Can he be the next Bond? Like, Yes, please. I mean, what's the deal? Where has he been? Although if Idris Elba is no, the next No, he Bond. came out and said he's, he's oh. officially not doing it. The Bond franchise is a whole separate episode, by the way, but um, Danny Boyle was supposed to direct it. His ass dropped out. I think that whole franchise needs to, like... She's messy. Yeah, it's messy, messy, messy. The whole, like, broccoli family that owns the franchise Mm -hmm. has always been a pain in the ass. Daniel Craig has come out and been like, I don't want to do it anymore. Daniel, fine. Take a step away. Nobody needs Daniel Craig running around anymore. Like, let's reboot this thing. those little shorts real cute. They were, like, cute 10 years. That movie came out, like, a long time ago. She hasn't been able to wear those shorts in a while. Oh, that's probably Maybe she can, but... But I'm not here for it. Um, so let's reboot Bond. Let's take a few years. Let's have a woman direct it. Let's have yes. Henry and yes. a woman as James and Jane Bond. And let's just make it better than what it is. But 
Crazy Rich Asians. <laughs> also, from like that food market to the beaches, oh. I have never wanted to go to a place more than Singapore. Seriously. Um, Josh and I immediately got in the car and went and got dim sum right after. <laughs> because watching the... That food scene. So, I was like... And then making the dim sum too. Yeah. Oh. I was starving and needed all of that in my life. Um, it's incredible. And so what's the actress that played Astrid's name? I don't know her name. She she's great too. was amazing. She made my heart very... Very happy. Um, and did you feel, again, not spoiling anything here, but what really made me happy about this movie is that scenes could exist mm-hmm. without there being that kind of expected last minute before the scene ends. Oh, right. Like, th- like, you know what I mean? Like, there wasn't a twist of, is that person who they say? Like, those things happen in the movie, but sometimes scenes just played out yeah. to give you a little bit of a background on who this character is. Mm-hmm. And what I love about that is that this is clearly based on a beloved book series. And I would imagine, I haven't read the books, but I imagine that they did that to service the readers, to say, we could probably spend 10 pages describing Astrid. We don't have that time right now, so we're going to give her a beautiful opening scene yep. where you get to know exactly who she is, and there isn't like a wink or a nod. It's just like, this is who she is. Mm-hmm. And you'll see more of her in this, and, and maybe two more. Her. Yeah, and you're going to love her, and I do love her. Absolutely. Chrissy Teigen came out and wrote a really nice thing about seeing it with her daughter Luna, and oh. Luna recognizing her grandmother, in um, oh shit, what's the main character's name? Constant. I mean Michelle Yeoh. Yeah, Michelle. Um, or the Ama. Jill. The Ama. The yeah. she saw her on screen. It was she saw her her family represented. Yeah. You know, and it's really cool. And I also love last thing is that there are there are sort of villainous moments or things that you would be like villainous moments, but they are backed up by tradition and understanding. Nobody does anything in this movie with the exception of one other plot thing that is based out of like, wow, she's just like nasty. Right. And a lot of romantic comedies hinge on a character just being nasty. nasty And this is like, no, there are reasons why complications arise in this based on tradition and background and families. Mm -hmm. And like, it's all built up from a place of like, okay, this all makes sense. And it's not just a complication for the sake of a complication. Right. Which is so interesting. And what we're starting to see now that there's more representation in movies, like the same way with the big sick. Yeah. You know, which, is not a story you can necessarily tell from a European white Anglo-Saxon perspective because right. that kind of tradition doesn't exist in a lot of families that have that background. Right. But you see that with Kumail's family, and it's it's amazing to see that on screen. Yeah. So and the music is so good too. So good. It's just oh, great. the the performance at the wedding. I'm trying to think of what that was. Uh, the girl with the guitar. I can't remember what the song was, but it was so beautiful. I need to look it up. It was so good. Is it the, the one that they sang at the wedding or at the party? At the wedding. Yes. Oh, my God. It's, Gorge. Um, uh, I, I can't, can't help, help falling in love with, with you. you. It's like on Spotify's uh, top 50 right now. <sighs> so good. It's that so whole good. wedding scene, I, I had chills. Same. It's so good. Uh, I loved it. Okay. Okay. Crazy Rich Asians. Go see it. Yeah. Um, keeping it, Most of mine is... A lot of movie stuff um, today, and I have to talk. I would be remiss to not talk about Black Klansman. Have you seen it? I have not yet. It is so good. I won't. It's a true story, which is amazing. Um, Spike Lee's best movie in years, in my opinion, and the tension in it was so palpable. I hit Josh at one point, which I didn't realize afterwards. He's like, "You know, you hit me, right?" I was like, "So sorry." <laughs> um, I cried at the end. Ugly Tears, um, go see it. And 
I, I have to mention John David Washington is the main character in it, mm-hmm. and he happens to be Denzel Washington's uh, son. I did not know that. And he was recently, you know, he's doing the media rounds for the movie, and he was interviewed on the Today Show, and the interviewer said, so you're Denzel's Washington, Denzel Washington's son, and he goes, and Paulette Washington. Wow. And then went on to say, who was earning more money um, than he was when they were married before they got married. She was, on bro- she was on Broadway working. She paid for their first date. She paid the bill, paid the cab ride. She's a classically trained pianist, went to Juilliard. She's a great artist in her own right, and I learned a lot from her. Oh, cr- Right? And then he said, my father taught me how to hunt. My mother taught me how to love. And I was just like, uh, oh, take all my money for everything you're going to be in and for the rest of your life. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Amazing. It was. God. And he he was just like, yeah, she, I fucking love my mother. Oh. And nobody talks about her. And she's incredible. Right. So I love that. It made me Good so for happy. Him. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. And he's great. He's a great actor. He did. He played um, the title. Not the title. Well, kind of the title character. Um in Black Klansman, and he was so good. So go see it. It's on my list. Also check out the interview. Um, he's a fucking badass. Awesome. Yeah. Who was the interview with again? Uh, it was on the Today Show. I can't remember the interviewer's name. Okay. But, well, yeah. that's fine. Um, Nicki Minaj had a rough week last week. Yes, she did. If y'all don't know, a lot has been said already. I don't really want to contribute to that conversation. Because yeah, a little part did, of me is still... I will always love Nikki. There's something about her energy. There's something about her style. And I really like Queen, actually. I think the album, it's like hit or miss at times, but the songs that I like, I go back to. Um, I may like it even more than Ariana's album, but we can talk about that at another time. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there is some stuff that she needs to work on, and I think she needs to take a breather from Twitter, and I think she needs to... Yes. Form, if, if you If you want to know more about it, go read about it. But for me... I want to talk about something awesome that Nikki did last week, okay. which was her appearance on Stephen Colbert. Okay, I it did not see it. It is 13 minutes of bliss. She shows exactly what she's great at. She is a you know instinctive, um, raw person who can respond quickly, mm-hmm. and she's funny. She's gorgeous. She can rap, um, and I think sometimes she gets in her own way yeah. by trying to over-publicize how great she already is. And her entire Stephen Colbert interview... Is, is is highlighting. He loves her, mm-hmm. and it puts it. It goes to show you that like I, she probably has dealt not probably she has dealt with a lot of you know hate in her life right. from the rap game, from just like people who aren't fans of hers or whatever. So she's probably at odds a lot and constantly defending herself. When she is in a position to not have to defend herself, she shines. Mm-hmm. And this interview is like flirtatious and funny and and like really just you see her as like I want her to do like comedy. I think yeah. she'd be. I think she's doing a movie with Tina Fey. I want to see that. I want more rap from her. I think I want a little less of what I feel like is just unfortunately um, necessary when you are a rapper. You have to be constantly coming out against people that are against you. But like in the way that, you know, Beyonce is not a rapper, but in the way that Beyonce kind of lets stuff just go right over yeah. her. I want Nikki to take a sprinkle of that. Clap back when you need to. I know that's part of your whole thing, but like take a moment <laughs> read the comments, sort of categorize which ones really matter mm-hmm. because, like, Angry Joe 64 is not the guy that you need to come for. Right. He's a troll. 
He doesn't mean anything. Your and album, he's trying to get a rise out of you. Yeah, and your album doesn't need to be number one. We no. live in a... It's okay. We, nobody and, gives a shit about we, the Billboard Hot 100 Nobody. Anymore. Nobody reads it. No. I, I don't find albums because they're number no. one. I find albums because they're great, and they're from artists that I like. And you are great, and you are an artist that I like. So keep doing your craft, and stay away from the haters. And please, can we stop this whole Cardi, Nikki beef? And there that's be all on Nikki. There two strong New York rappers yeah. that are women. And that's- there should be a bajillion, but... What what is part of the problem too is the the th- you know women are often pitted against each other because there is one spot right you know we've always been taught well it's either you or them it can't be both right you know in the stupidest way even when I was doing improv women competed against each other as opposed to everyone because there were you could get one of two spots on an improv team. God forbid there be more than two women on an improv team. God forbid there be more than one New York MC out of New York at a time, you know? It can happen, clearly. They're both doing amazingly. So can you just lift each other up rather than have a beef? Right. And maybe the beef sells better. And Eh, but It does. It's exhausting. It feels so toxic. And it would be so much cooler if... During the VMAs, one popped up on the other one's stage, yeah. and I would I would eat the shit out of a Cardi Nikki song. Yeah, I and would a, love. And that. the thing is, like Nikki had beef with Taylor of all people, mm-hmm. and she let Taylor come out on her stage. So, like, yeah, if you can squash it with Taylor, God, you can squash it with anybody for sure. And Cardi's much cooler than Taylor. Cardi's so <laughs> funny. I love Cardi Me too. I love. Did you see her thing at the VMAs when she was looking mm-hmm. like she was holding the baby and it was a VMA? Yeah. It's cute. It's Why is she still right. talking? Um, so my next thing is it's football season, but I don't give a shit about that. Okay, good. Um, I love, but I love one thing that goes along with football season and that is Hard Knocks on HBO. Ah. Uh, it's a mini docu-series that every year follows a team that during their training camp and you follow specific uh player stories, some of which won't make the final roster, some of which are like some of the highest paid athletes in the world. And very little is focused really on the game. It's about their personal stories and struggles and why it's important to them. And I love it. I love it. I love it. I watch it every year. I fall in love with these players. Um, They do such a great job producing it. I cry at least once an episode. And this year it's the... um, Cleveland, I don't even remember. What Brown? It. Yes. Aren't they like the worst team in the NFL? Yes. Oh, that's interesting. So it's them Look trying at me to knowing things you know about things. football. They went like 0 and 16 last year. Yeah. Um, follow closely the the coach, the head coach's story. He lost his brother and his mom within months of each other as training camp is starting, and just seeing the resilience resiliency of like resilience. You know what I'm trying to say? Resiliency of these these resilience. people who are just trying to make a living, even though it's you know, obviously the NFL, it's a huge money, cash cow, whatever, but they're still humans and you get to see their human stories and I really, really love it. All right. Maybe I should try one. Yeah, you should. I think you would like it. It's really cool. They okay. do a great job. Um, well, my football is obviously the Real Housewives of New York. Of course. And I just have to say, as we end up the season, um, it has been another stellar season in the books for the Real Housewives of New York. We are we just finished reunion part one last week. Um, part two aired this week, which I've not seen yet. 
Um, in its darkness in the reunion, as it usually is, but the season is particularly dark. Um, Luann was not able to make it to the reunion because of her return to rehab. Luann. Luann had to return to rehab. And um, I think there's something missing in that dynamic at the reunion because in part one, they all just like come for Bethany really fiercely. And um, it was not pleasant to watch. And I'm yeah. hoping the other ones rechart their course. But I can I have to say, regardless of how the reunion has been, this season was incredible television. And I hand it out to the producers. I say this every year, but the editors deserve Emmys. They are editing for comedy. They're not editing for drama. And it is it's awesome. And I'm sad to see it go, but I'm also very, very cautiously optimistic about the Real Housewives of Dallas. Has been off to a stellar, stellar start. So awesome. if you are a Real Housewives watcher, get in on Dallas. OC. Eight episodes in, could not be a bigger snooze, and I think I might actually jump ship, which wow. I am sad to say. I, you're such a f***ing liar, Camille. I won't. I should. <laughs> um, but it is... I mean, I love me some Kelly Dodd. Kelly Dodd took a picture with me, and I will always love her for that. But man, this is some snooze-tastic. There was a, t- like... Uh, 15 minute scene of them golfing no <laughs> and if you wanted to know what made like paint drying on the housewives watching women golf nobody wants to see that no it was it was pretty women terrible. golfing don't want to see that no, i think andy if you're listening i think it's time to Whew. i don't think oc can come back we say this every year if you're an oc watcher like i don't think oc can come back like this like really you guys oc can't come back again like this we can't wow. risk it Wow. They're the OGs. They deserve better. But anyway, that's my Real Housewives recap. Whew. Whew. Golf. No, thank you. No. Um, how many more do you have left? I have two. I have two as well. Great. I was thinking about not talking about one, but now I'm going to. Um, Your hand? <laughs> I'm going to talk about my hand some more. <laughs> Blood. Well, I will say, <laughs> I don't know how anybody cleans up a crime scene. Oh, yeah. Because... With just this, I'm still finding shit in places. I'm like, well, there's some blood right there. Ugh. Yeah. Yuck. Crazy. So anyway, uh, Mary Queen of Scots, the uh-huh. trailer dropped. Uh-huh. Um, it is starring Margot Robbie, who I love, and Sersha Ronan, who I love. Um, it looks fucking good. Yeah. It doesn't come out until December. I'm so not a period piece person, but I I go back and forth. Uh-huh. Um, I'm I can't, I'm, I'm not like a Jane Austen, Keira Knightley in a corset type of period person. This is like two fucking badass women who were queens and they, there's some drama <laughs> and I'm ready for it. I wish you could have seen Lindsay's face there. <laughs> <laughs> drama. Yeah. They're on horses. They're going into battle. Yes. Yeah. Yes, queens. So um, I'm here for it. I will definitely see it. Okay. Yeah. Well, I have three trailers, actually, Ooh. that I can buzz through real quickly. One is uh, Suspiria, which... I started watching the trailer, and just something distracted me. So and I didn't most it. people probably don't know, outside of horror fanatics like myself, mm-hmm. Suspiria is based on a film from the late 70s, I believe, um, that is an Italian horror film uh, directed by a man named Dario Argento, who is seen as oh, a yeah. complete auteur, like, visionary... I've seen a bunch of his movies, and the thing that you have to know when you go into a Dario Gento movie, aside from the fact that it's going to be insanely gory, is that Mm-mm. it's not going to make a lick of narrative sense. But Mm-mm. what's great is that the visuals are like artful, gorgeous. The music is haunting, and it's just like Mm-mm. there's there's something really 
It's not, that's just like, you've just described things that I all hate. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably not for you, but I'm hoping, so Suspiria is being remade by, um, the guy who did Call Me By Your Name. Oh, oh yeah. Nino? Not Nino. That guy. His name is Luca Guadagino. 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 Um, and so he obviously has an eye. And um, I think the music, I think he's going to capture what the original was. So for fans of the original, people who are looking for a little something outside the box in the horror genre, Suspiria starring Dakota Fanning and my girl Tilda, check it out. Uh, the second is a documentary based on Studio 54. Ooh, We've been told a lot about Studio 54, but that is a topic I cannot get enough of, same. especially if we're feature, uh, featuring archival from that time. I like live for that stuff, and I feel like post-pose. Yes. Definitely ready for that. And the third is a indie. I don't know how it's going to be, but it's called Don't Leave Home. Mm-hmm. And it is um, another horror film that looks like super quiet, super ominous, super eerie. And there's a pull quote in the trailer that calls it Get Out with Catholic Guilt set in the Irish countryside. In? So three, three, yeah, I will do all three of those films. And you should check out those trailers um, when you get a chance. Very cool. I will definitely check them out. Um, just real quick, I forgot to write this in my outline, but uh, this isn't my final popped quirk. The next thing I say is um, TMI. Caliber on Netflix is a great suspense kind of horror movie. I know Nick watched it. Okay. I it, It's spelled C-A-L-I-B-R-E, which okay. I think it, people were saying Calibre, but I don't think that's right. I think it's just the kind of um, the way Irish spelled, spelling. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, it is a quiet suspense, but it's so good. Ooh. It's so good. There's okay. one shot that made me gasp. I love quiet suspense. Yeah, it's really good. I definitely recommend it. And finally, I just have to. My husband had he pour had a out. couple write ups because um, they announced on Deadline and Variety and AV Club. I don't know if you heard of those things. I don't know if you heard, <laughs> but my handsome, very talented, very hardworking husband and his brother, who is also all of those things, um, have been hired to write the Coyote versus Acme Warner Brothers movie they've been working their asses off and I'm just so proud of them and hopefully it gets made um, but I have no doubt that the script is going to be amazing outstanding and it's just like it's so cool to see people who I have known since I got started mm-hmm. as a lowly PA as they were as well now like I mean Deadline is the 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 site you guys for those yeah. of you who don't or aren't as much like obsessed with Hollywood culture as we are or as much of like have to be reading it because of our jobs it's where you go for all the most important stuff. And mm-hmm. their faces were just right on that article. And it's just a great write-up. And I'm super proud of them as well. It's so, it's so cool. I, I cannot wait to hear where it takes them. Same. Here. It's a big deal. And I took that picture of Josh. We took a walk and we did a photo shoot and I took that picture. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good picture. It is a good picture. Doesn't he look handsome? Yeah. Um, my last wig, uh, I went to Walt Disney World. Uh, that's why we didn't record a couple weeks ago with my dear friend, Jackie. Hi, Jackie. Who Jackie? Uh, I was like, Hi, Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> Both those things, yeah. but most importantly, who Jackie? Um, we, Jackie and I worked together at Walt Disney World years ago and we hadn't been in a very long time. And so we went as kind of like a half thrifting trip to see my parents, my parents, my parents, my parents. And we went to Disney World for two days. Disney World, if you guys haven't been, it's still bananas in general. So many people there. It was August, so it is so, <laughs> so hot. hot. Um, 
And uh, on one of the days, we went to Animal Kingdom, which is one of the four parks there. And I already told Lindsay about this, but there is a section of the park devoted to Avatar, the film that I did not enjoy at all. Eh, not at all. I can respect how much work was put into it. And there right. were some visual moments that I was like, cool, but the story is absolute garbage. And I will stand by that. Um, the, they have designed two rides for the Avatar film. One of them is a boat ride that I truly believe was only built because they were like, oh, we built this other really cool ride mm-hmm. and everyone's going to wait in line for that and they're going to get really mad. So we need another ride to split the crowd up. It's the worst ride I've ever been on, the boat <laughs> ride. You, it's like, I told Lindsay, imagine Pirates of the Caribbean without a hill half the time and you're floating through a Lisa Frank sticker album Ugh. and at the very end there's a huge blue Navi, I believe they're called, screaming at you no. and banging on drums. It's, if you go to Disney World and you are planning to go to the Avatar Land, skip it hard. It's awful. On the other hand, my wig goes out to what is their other ride, the good one, which is called Flight of Passage. And if you've been on Soren, which exists at both Disneyland and Disney World. I love it. It is Soren on steroids. Instead of you sitting in sort of like a chairlift as Soren is, and for people that don't know Soren, you're kind of put into a giant chairlift with other people and you fly mm-hmm. over a giant Omnimax screen over scenes of the world. And it's really breathtaking and beautiful. What they've done with Avatar is they've, they literally like lock you into a bike position <laughs> where you're kind of, you're, you're frontal area is pushed into a another like foam area and then a huge thing comes up against your back to lock you into place so you really can't move or be jostled and then you hold on to handlebars as though you're flying one of the dragons from the movie and the way that they make that bike you truly feel like you're going to fall into the screen at certain points That's and amazing. my mouth was wide open the entire time it's beautiful it like doesn't really even matter if you love avatar or not there's not a huge story around it it's just like oh my God, this beautiful, spectacular, imagined world that you get to fly through That's for a little so bit. Cool. Um, so if you're willing to shell out the dough to go to Walt Disney World, which by the way, is insanely expensive. So expensive. And they have got to, I don't know how many people can afford to go to Disney it's World anymore. Accessible. And how it's so crowded. I mean, it's, it's crazy. We were fortunate enough to be able to use my parents' timeshare while we were there, but I was like, if you add hotel to this, mm. the food, the transportation, transportation is free if you're on property, but like everything that goes into it it's like it's almost what we paid to go to not Europe. for us but like for, yeah. for a family of four it's like what we paid to go to Europe and guys Europe is better yeah. <laughs> I love Disney World I always will but Europe's Europe is better than Disney yeah, you Europe heard it here better. first Europe's better than Disney World <laughs> spoiler alert I love Epcot and I can go to all the countries in one day but Europe's still yeah, better than Disney World yeah you should still go um, so that's my vast vig that's my vast vig well, then we have to go for this week. But if you guys want to do something for us, um, we would love it. Rate, review, it's share with your friends. Helpful. Pass it along. If you loved listening um, to our interview this week, please share that as well because we yeah. want to do more interviews. Absolutely. Um, if there's anyone that you want us to try to track down and oh, get yeah. to talk to us, we will do our damnedest. Yeah, because as you heard today, we are very respectful of people and we want to only let them shine as Katie did. And again, just another thank you to Katie for taking the time to talk to us we really appreciate it you're wonderful wonderful and good luck to all the miss america contestants yeah. let's bring home that gold i'm gonna win my pool i know that i'm gonna much. bring my you pool. are not gonna you're gonna lose hard i'm gonna win because you're a dumb bitch you're a dumb bitch thanks wigs we'll bye, talk to you soon bye she wakes up and waves the night away opens the blinds and lights the sky 
sun itself shields its eyes saying where is that light coming from she opens her mouth and sings the first song of the day the birds of the air singing where is that sound coming from where is that coming from Kick up the day, it's in the net, back healing and away. The field is all yours today. Look up, look up, look up. Where is that light coming from? Where is that coming from? She brings it, she brings it. 
the first song of the day, the birds of the air singing. 